What's up and what? Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Royal Rooters Podcast, your your hub or home of your nine-time World Series champion, Boston Red Sox, your six-time Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots, your 17-time NBA champion, Boston Celtics, your six-time Stanley Cup champion, Boston Bruins, and your 11-time national champions in football, the Notre Dame of Notre Dame fighting Irish. I am your host, Thomas William O'Shea, or Tom O'Shea. And let's see, introduce myself. Oh, uh, I was um born on September September the 17th, nineteen ninety two, so I'm having a birthday coming up pretty soon. Um this might uh startle some people. Um I was actually born in normal Illinois and my family I have um um, I was the third child of Jim and Becky O'Shea, um, and that's an Irish-American family, by the way. So, yeah, O'Shea, that's pretty Irish. Born and raised in County Kirk, Ireland. All right, so anyway, my family members, I have an older sister, Katie, um, another older sister, Molly, and then a younger brother, Mike. All right, growing up, um, my high school, my old mater was on Normal Community High School, which... Um, in Illinois, it's um like a six six A school for sports, four A for sports. So like we're re- really one of the bigger school areas. Like our school, like I think I have like like probably like a hundred or like our my graduating class was a big, and I graduated from there in twenty eleven. Um, I played um I ran cross country, managed basketball and baseball, as in boys basketball. From 2007 to 2011. So, yeah, I was class of 2011. Then I went to Harlem Community College and managed um, the baseball team over there for five years. So, probably like the spring of 2012 to like the spring of 2016, I was there um, helping out with probably one of the best JUCO schools in the country. Probably the top-ranked team in the country. And I played for... um, Coach Nate Metzger, who was really a really uh, great coach and really kept our feet to the fire until probably the spring of 2016. He was our AD, too, and our head baseball coach, too, and they decided to cut his budget or get rid of his um, his uh, AD contract, which really was not great. They, they wanted to do it to save money, but really they wanted to get rid of athletics, which... Um, yeah, it was not really good. That was a really hard time, so I decided to leave there too. So um so yeah, I uh all modern for high school in Norm Community and Heartland Community College. Yeah, I didn't move on after, yeah. Since I was the baseball manager there, that made me ineligible to play anyway, so clearing the air, why I cheer for um Boston sports teams. Just tell me, why do you do that? You're from Illinois, though. Why would you, why would you cheer for the team? Shouldn't you cheer for the Cubs and all this stuff? Well, yeah, well, another wrong with te- cheering for teams in Illinois, but just at the same time, too, I mean, that's not me. That's doesn't speak for me. Boston and New England does speak for me. That is my kind of town and city, and you should do what your heart should tell you to do. So, speaking on that, um... Recently, a year ago, I became an uncle, almost a year ago, so like, yeah, um, to a beautiful baby boy named Fox Tasher, and thinking about it too, 
I was um, thinking maybe I should just let him just cheer for whoever he wants to cheer for and stuff like that. So, like, I'll let him decide if he wants to, or in fact, he wants to cheer for any sports teams whatsoever. Yeah, maybe he might not get interested in the sports. So this is why I've said I would probably be, if I was the commissioner of a sports fandom, I would say, make a rule saying, like, you know what? Do what your heart desires. Cheer for whoever you want to cheer for. So long as you know can name, like, ten people on that roster or name the starting lineup, name how many championships they won, what their record is for the season, and so on and so forth. That's why I should say. But I will make this one rule. If you pick this team... You had to stick with this team from until the grave, basically. From cradle to grave, you need to stick with this team no matter what, even for the good times and the bad times. You can't just say, well, Whoa, you know what, since they're not really doing any good nowadays, I'll just go cheer for somebody else. No, 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 no. You can cheer for whoever you want to cheer for, but at the same time, you need to stick with this team. So even when they are doing really bad and really crappy, you need to stick with them. No backing out. Till the grave. Alright, so anyway. So that's what I would do that for my nephew. I would let him cheer for whoever wants to cheer for, except maybe this team. Probably baseball, uh, Yankees. I, I'm not letting my nephew cheer for the Yankees. That's, I will, yeah. Um, football, let's see. Football. Steelers. Yeah, if he becomes a Steelers fan, then yeah, then we're going to have problems. Um, probably NBA, I have two teams. Um, the Lakers, yeah, and 76ers. If he becomes a fan of any of those teams, I will, yeah. yeah. And hockey, um, Montreal Canadiens, there's no question about that. That That's the Bruins' main rival. Yeah, that's kind of like Team USA versus Team Canada. If he cheers for the Canadians, then that's just as bad as cheering for the Yankees. That's just, ugh. Ugh. <laughs> And um, probably college football, USC and, and uh, Michigan, if he cheers for any of those teams, then yeah. Alabama, I was going to put them on there too, but you know what? They're not as bad. I mean, yeah, their fan base is kind of, uh, but I mean, it's better than some fan bases. So anyway, yeah. All right, to the nitty-gritty. The origin of the Royal Rooters podcast name was – um. I wanted to name it after uh, the Royal Rooters, the first actual fan club, or like the founding fathers of Red Sox Nation, who were basically started out, when the Red Sox started out as a team in 1901, they had like an official fan club called the Royal Rooters, which was made up of working class Irish Americans in South Boston at the time. And um, there's a song by Dropkick Murphys, which I was going to use for the actual theme song of this podcast, but I decided to go with I'm Ship Up to Boston. The song is called Tessie, which was a song the Royal Rooters would play, which they took from a Broadway uh, musical at the time to kind of like taunt the posing pictures and stuff like that and kind of get into their heads. So yeah, the song is called Tessie by Dropkick Murphys, and they did like a kind of special track version of when uh, of Joe Castiglione's uh, last call the or final out. Uh, the call, the final out in the 20, uh, 2004 World Series. So, yeah, go check it out. I will use it as an outro song later on, but, I mean, for now, I'm just going to stick with I'm Ship of the Boston by Dropkick Murphys as my uh, intro song. I will use it as the outro song for this episode. Inspirations, um, listening to stuff like uh, Sparstool's uh, Section 10 podcast by 
Jared Carabas and Coley Mick and Steve Pearl. Like that got that got me in the podcast. I really say that was like kind of like the um, Kickstarter to like saying, "Hey, maybe I can get started with my own podcast or something like that." Like, and they're the Red Sox uh, podcast uh, section ten on Barstool Sports. You can go check it out, subscribe and uh, rate it and stuff like that on Apple iTunes and stuff like that. So yeah, moving forward. I'm going to do originally with this podcast. I was going to do mostly just Red Sox stuff, but I couldn't wait any longer. I wanted to get this going, and I uh, the natives were just getting restless. We needed to get this going, so I decided, you know what? I'll just do everything. All my favorite fan, all my five favorite fan or uh, sports team: the Red Sox, Patriots, Celtics, Bruins, and Notre Dame football. So yeah, so here we go. The moment you've been waiting for, Red Sox news and Patriots news, Celtics news, Bruins news, and Notre Dame football news. All right. Um. So anyway, um, Red Sox news. I'm going to do a little like history and uh, histories of championships and stuff like that. So anyway, um, Red Sox history. They were founded in 1901, Some and they started out as the Boston Americans at the time. They didn't become the actual Red Sox until... 1908 when the team owner decided you know what my players are wearing like red socks so you know what i'm just gonna call the team red socks all right so they have won nine franchise championships or world series championships 1903 1912 1915 1916 1918 then 86 years later they won in 2004 2007 2013 and last year, the best team in their franchise history, the 2018 Red Sox. And as speaking as the defending national or defending World Series championships, champions, 2019 hasn't really been fun. <laughs> They're kind of still in it. They're, I believe, let's see, let's look what they're standing at. I know they're not going to win the division. I feel like New York's kind of running away with that. I don't think they're going to give it up. As much as I hate to say that, New York's not giving up the division. Which, by the way, we'll get in the scores and stuff like that in a little bit. Let's see. They are... Hold on. MLB. Do 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 Here we are. <clears throat> All right. We are in our division race, the Red Sox. I'll give them the standings. We are seventy six and sixty six, and we are sixteen games back of the division leading New York Yankees for the division lead. And we have four to get eliminated from even win the division. Ugh, I think, yeah, I think New York's taking the division, unfortunately. But there's still hope for the postseason. And let's see how probably today's loss to the Yankees didn't really help us a lot, too. We are, hold on, we are six and a half back of the wild card behind Cleveland, Oakland, and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, oh, God. <laughs> All right, so anyway, yeah. I really feel like this West Coast road trip really did not, this 11 West Coast road trip to start off the year really kind of messed up the Red Sox. 
And the, the really main problem of the season was our pitching staff, mainly our starting rotation and the bullpen. They've not come through. Offense, um, well, they have been good. Well, to start off, they weren't really good. Like, there were times where, like, they kind of did not come through. But when Cora switched it around from being Ben Attendee leading off and Mookie Betts second, and going back to Mookie Betts leading off and Ben, or, uh, ben Attendee, they really took off offensively, and they've been really good since then. So, yeah, and speaking of which, if, let's see, if they uh, keep hitting the ball or keep uh, hitting home runs, they might break their uh, home run record, which is set by the 2003 or, uh, Red Sox team, which had hit uh, 238. I think last time I checked was last night. I think they were at 221. So they could easily do it, or at least get close to doing it. So, yeah, anyway. All right, this week's scores, let's see, of Red Sox. Well, on Tuesday, Monday was an off day. On Labor Day, it was off. Um, Minnesota, or the first game, game one in the Minnesota series at home at Fenway. Red Sox dropped this one after a poor performance by Rick Porcello, who gave up like six runs in the first three innings. Yeah. But they did try to come back at the end, but it didn't work out. And they lost six to five, which took their record to 74 and 64. The following night, however, Eddie Rodriguez came out and pitched lights out. Um, basically giving up no runs whatsoever. And the offense came through, but they did give up, or bullpen did give up some runs. But in the end, Red Sox dub 6-2, to two, play dirty water. Let's go. So that would make their record 75-64. and 64. The following night was not a great night offensively for both sides. The Minnesota Twins had, um, were leading, actually broke the MLB record set by the 2018 New York Yankees for most home runs in the season. Um, so, yeah, their bats, if uh, Minnesota wasn't hitting that hard, I feel like New York could uh, still be leading in uh, home runs this season. But thanks to them, they're not. But tonight, or the Thursday night's game, was not the question. There was no offense whatsoever. The only home run that was hit that night was a solo bomb by uh, Mookie Betts in the fourth inning, and that's about it. But in the end, Red Sox didn't win. Um, they lost 2-1, to one and the game ended on almost a comeback. Devers could have at least scored the tie of the game, but got tagged out at home. And, yeah. and then last night, the New York Yankees came to town to start a four-game series. And they came into town looking all good, looking all good, and thinking like, well, we're going to win. We're going to bury the New Bury the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. We got Domingo Herman starting up in the first game. And I thought, like, both Domingo Herman and both our Red Sox uh, opening pitching staff, which openers, if you haven't known by now, is a new way of starting bullpen pitchers and having them work each inning, which I don't know how that might work, but hopefully it doesn't destroy starting pitchers. Yeah. So, I mean, our bullpen did not give up anything. In fact, both teams did not get base until the fourth inning. But luckily, the Red Sox um, in the fourth inning started off. Uh, Brock Holt scored uh, or singled in uh, Rafi Devers to take the lead. And then big old Mitch Moreland scored a three-run home run to make it 4 nothing. Then Brett Gardner hit a home run to uh, uh, kind of make us a little worried. But then... 
Uh, Xander Bogart scored a double in the sixth inning, and then, yeah, that was the score from there on out. There was no more scoring. The Red Sox took the dub 6-1, to one, dirty water, which would make it 76-65. and 65. And today's score, uh, if it weren't for... I'm not putting J.D. Martinez on the buzz because he really has been impactful for the Red Sox in his stay with the Red Sox. He is a student of the game, and um, he would. Uh, there have been stories where like he would take his iPad with him to a uh, um, to the batting cages and like have people film him for him, so he knows how to get better and stuff like that. And he's fixed, been kind of like a hitting coach to some of these other guys too, like helping them get better and stuff like that. And that's why. 2018 offensively and probably this year too has been really good offensively like we could be breaking records he fixed Mookie Betts swing JBJ swing JBJ has now been more productive offensively and stuff like that and now getting back to uh the story um today he played outfield and in the fourth inning with no score he kind of like misplayed some plays and that's why New York kind of starts scoring runs and they uh, won 5-1. to one. But he did get a home run. J.D. Martinez did score a home run in the ninth inning. But to no avail. So the Red Sox lost today 5-1. to one, Which would make their record 76-66. and 66. So yeah. Um, so the September call-ups. Um, I don't mind. I mean. Basically I mean if it could help the team out. I mean. It was kind of weird seeing that a whole bullpen being full. And um, Section 10 kind of made fun of the whole uh, bullpen. Like, they uh, took a picture of the what Nesson showed them of the whole, like, bullpen being full of star, or, uh, pitchers from the September call-ups. And, like, they kind of made names, like, kind of like, um, part of my language, Jolie, uh, D-Head, and uh, Cash Considerations and stuff like that. Yeah, so it was pretty funny. Yeah. So anyway, if they could help the team win, I mean, at this point, I mean, minor league season's pretty much over by this point, except for a few teams still in their league's postseasons. But at the same time, I mean, the Pawtucket Red Sox are done for the season. So, like, bring them all up if they can help us get to uh, our chase for even defending our title. At this point, I just want to get into the wild card game. At this point, I mean, at this point, that's the only option we can do. Either get into the wild card game or go home. No chance of defending a World Series championship, and we need to defend this title. I mean, anyway, I mean, I'm already picking the Houston Astros to win the World Series anyway. I mean, no one is getting past that starting rotation. You got Verlander, Cole, and Stack Ranky. No one's getting past those guys. In fact, they've thrown, like, two no-hitters, one combined one, and one no-hitter by just Justin Verlander, which was last Sunday. So, yeah, you really think that New York bats are going to be hitting off that starting rotation you think again and they have offense to also consolidate that too their offense is really good too the houston Astros. so they're going to be the 2019 world series championships i'm just going to say now you heard it first all right anyway now to patriots news patriots history um they were started being a franchise and they were in the afl starting in 1960 and until probably bill belichick and tom brady showed her up they were the joke of the nfl in fact, people even, like, in their own region even didn't even know that they were still a franchise. Like, most of them were even New York Giants fans. People in New England, New York Giants fans. Ugh. Not even, yeah. Anyway, okay, well, I mean, yeah. 
So anyway, when Tom Brady showed up in 2000 and Bill Pelichick, then the good times started rolling. Um, they won a championship in 2001, which is Super Bowl 36, 2003 Super Bowl 38, Super Bowl or 2004 Super Bowl 39, 2014 Super Bowl 49 or for 49. Nice. All right, 2004 uh, Super Bowl 39, Super Bowl or 2014 Super Bowl 49, 2016 I think is the best team of all time, Super Bowl 51. And Super Bowl fifty or fifty three, which was last year, twenty eighteen. So yeah, six uh, Super Bowl championships, and we're looking to the for drive for number seven and the tiebreaker for the most. Uh, preseason, they started um, the first three games with wins. I won't go into detail because of the preseason. Who gives a crap? Um, so they uh, took a. Three other uh, four po- or uh, preseason games, which is good. They lost the last one, notice to the New York Giants. So yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's the preseason. Who gives a crap? All right. So um, and the season's gonna start tomorrow. Foxborough, we're gonna raise number six banner, um, for Sunday Night Football on NBC, and the Steelers come to town, and. Speaking of which, um, the Steelers aren't supposed to be really good. Even like some of the Steelers fans that I talk to at work, um, told me that yeah, they're not really that good of a franchise. And <laughs> or, I mean, well, they're a storage franchise, but I mean, they're not really good nowadays. Like, you guys are gonna, yeah, they told me like you guys are gonna kill us. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Uh, news today. Um, what I'm expecting forward. Um, I'm expecting. There might be some bad times. There might be some good times in the regular season. There might be some times where, like, we might be low and stuff like that. But I feel like we could actually repeat as champions. I really feel like that we will get number seven. And um, some Patriots news today. I don't know how any of you guys feel about this, but um, you actually heard that Antonio Brown used to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Last season, there was, like, locker room problems. He was kind of like the Kyrie Irving of, uh, which we'll get into the Celtics uh, news and uh, info pretty soon. But Antonio Brown was kind of like that locker room problem and cancerous kind of thing. Cancerous is kind of, like, not not really good. Um, OFP and stuff like that, yeah, and stuff like that, yeah. I won't go into detail what OFP stands for. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's from my baseball days, OFP, yeah. So, anyway, back to the story. Antonio Brown um, got um, or decided to leave Pittsburgh for free agency and decided to sign with um, the Oakland Raiders. And this preseason, um, he like complained about wearing a certain type of helmet that the NFL was issuing to its players. And recently, he just said, "I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play." And then they decide, like, um, first of all, they decide, "Well, we're not going to play yet." And then. Friday, yesterday, they said, oh, he'll play on Monday. And then today, he's gone. They cut him. They released him. Goodbye. Thanks for stopping by in Oakland. Don't let don't let the door hit your butt on the way out. <laughs> and then I got news, like, after, like, four or two or four hours after they said Antonio Brown got released, I got a notification on my phone saying, Antonio Brown is heading to the Patriots on a one-year deal. $15 million. I thought, uh, I'm not really sure about this. 
I mean, do granted where it's due, he is a really good offensive weapon. He's a really good wide receiver and stuff like that, and he really gave us our our the, the our New England Patriots defense a really hard time last year. So anyway, yeah. But also, he is kind of like the Kyrie Irving of the NFL and really a not great locker room guy. So anyway, I hope it works out, but at the same time, I'm a little skeptical too. I All I know is we do have an offensive tool, another one, and everybody's going all ballistic. You have – because, yeah, here's our offensive or a wide receiver core. A.B., Edelman, Gordon – and uh, and uh, Thomas, Demarius Thomas, I forgot about that. Which, speaking of which, um, since the kill Harry went down on injury, uh, they released him first and then decided to bring him back and give him a one year deal. So I'm glad it did eventually work out for Demarius Thomas. I really am excited to see him, uh, catching passes from Tom Brady this season. Brady to Thomas. <laughs> All right, so anyway, Celtics news. All right, Celtics history. They're one of the storied franchises in American sports. Um, they hold a record for uh, most championships in a row in North American history, and they became a franchise in 1946. And um, they have won 17 NBA championships, 1957, 1958. Oh, wow, what? Hold on. 1957, 1959 through 1966, eight straight. That's a record for in North America sports for most championships in a row. 1968, 1969, 1986-1987-1988-1989-1990-1991-1992-1993-1994-1995-1996-1997-1998-1999-1999-1999-1999-1999-1999-1999-1999-1999-1999-1999-1999-1999-1999-1999-1999-1999-1999-1999-1999-1
and then put another one down saying, you ruined our team. And finally put one more down saying, worst of luck in Brooklyn, and then light the jersey on fire. <laughs> so he eventually did burn the jersey. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Off-season moves. I really am excited about Kemba Walker, and he is more better and much, uh, much better player uh, offensively than Kyrie Irving. So that was a really nice replacement. You got Ennis Kenter at center, replaced Al Horford. And, uh, yeah, so Al Horford left and uh, Kyrie Irving left. Marcus Morris left and uh, Tyree or uh, Terry uh, Rozier left. So basically the main poop heads on our team. I wouldn't say Marcus Morris was a poop head. I wouldn't say Al Horford was, but uh, Kyrie and Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier would complain and say, I want to be traded if I don't get enough playing time. Well, okay, then go then. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So... I don't know, like, Nick Wright said, like, I think the Celtics got a lot better. Nick Wright is an analysis for ESPN and a really dumb, dumb person at heart. He is really, he is not a good analyst. He said, basically, that, oh, I think the Celtics team is not really as good as they were last year. I think they got a lot worse. How? I think we basically, yeah, I think we basically got rid of the main problem of last year. I think we might have got a lot better. Nick Wright's a moron i feel like everybody at espn is a moron kellerman's a moron stephen a smith's a moron colin Coward. well colin Coward doesn't work for espn anymore nick wright's a moron michael wilbarn's a moron pretty much all of them are all morons they need to all get fired <laughs> anyway the feeble world cup and this is probably why some people might say that like oh maybe these celtics aren't really as good as we thought they were the feeble world cup is uh basically kind of like um kind of like the FIFA World Cup, like, for uh, basketball. And uh, they're saying that this uh, U.S. team might not be doing really good because of um, not a lot of the, like, LeBron's not there. The main players on the NBA aren't playing this year. And I probably would say that's probably good because you're risking yourself for injury and kind of costing your actual team by taking part in this. And it's just, yeah, it's, yeah. It's kind of like the NBA All-Stars. Like, they really do not care about winning. They really care, or just at least care to win in the NBA games and stuff like that. So, anyway, how our boys are doing? Well, Jason Tatum went down with, like, he rolled his ankle in the game against Turkey. So, he he might be coming back pretty soon. But he missed the uh, two games with uh, Japan and uh, Greece. And so far, we're undefeated. Today, we uh, won... A game against Greece with uh, the Greek freak who was the defending uh, MVP for the NBA. So good to get him. And that's why some people might say that like they want to see like how this group of Celtics, especially with Kemba Walker on the team, kind of gels together. Because there are some players on the that's called Team Shamrock on Team USA that's basically made up of Celtics players taking part. That's why some people might go after the stuff like that. So anyway, kind of hope. Well, I hope, I really am excited for this uh, 20, 2019, 2020 Boston Celtics team. Hopefully, I'm not. I'm not saying we will win the NBA title, but I'm saying that maybe, maybe we will. We could. Just all. Let's see how it all pans out. I didn't thought twenty eighteen was going to be like we would be that good and win the World Series, but. You know, it surprised me. Maybe that might be 
um, because 2018 was kind of like better than 2017 for the Red Sox because 2017 was kind of like what 2018, 2019 was for the Celtics. The band of misfits who didn't get along and had a whole ton of locker room problems. And I'm kind of looking forward to uh, 2019, 2020 as kind of like 2018. No way thought that the Red Sox would be good in 2018. At least not as good as the New York Yankees with the big bats of Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton and maybe Gary Sanchez, who's a who's a piece of yeah, he's a lazy he is a lazy bum. Screw here, screw Gary Sanchez. I don't know why the Yankees still keep that moron because <laughs> they're idiots. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, so maybe that could be it. 2018 might be a surprise. 2019, 2020 could be a surprise year for the Celtics. All right. Bruins news, not a lot. And I'll go into it too um, pretty soon. Uh, Bruins history, they were a franchise in 1924 or started in 1924. So the 100th anniversary is coming up pretty soon in a couple more years. Championships, they won six Stanley Cups 1929, 1939, 1941. Then 1970, 1972, and at least I was alive to see one of them, 2011. So, yeah, that was pretty fun. Yeah. So, anyway. And since then, they haven't really, like, they've been to the Stanley Cup, but they haven't won it. And we're going to go into why uh, last year was kind of a dis- ending was a disappointment. So, yeah, recovering from a crushing Game 7 Stanley Cup loss to the St. Louis Blues. Well, at least I am kind of a little bit glad that St. Louis Blues finally did win the Stanley Cup. Finally. After a franchise hasn't won anything in almost like 50 years, like since they've been a franchise in 50 years. They finally got one. Kudos to them. At least I was more gracious in defeat than I was like when 2013, when I also got into a couple of fights on like Facebook and stuff like that with some of the Blackhawks fans. Like one guy said, oh, the Bruins suck. Like, I'd say, hey, whoa, watch it, dude. And then, like, he's want to fight me. And then I thought, you know what? I'm just unfriending you, dude. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, anyways. Yeah, it was much better than it was. Like, I was more gracious in the feed. And I actually, like, basically, like, you know what? Yeah, good game. It was a good series. Like, some of the Blues fans actually said, like, you know what? You guys do have a really good core of young guys and stuff like that. A really good core of young guys and old guys. You guys could be Stanley Cup champions in the next couple of years. So, yeah. Moving forward, um, well, uh, there are some guys left from the 2011 squad. Sedano Chara, Brad Marjan, Patrice Bergeron, Tuka Rask, which I'm surprised. Well, he was the backup goalie because of Tim Thomas, which I'll also get into more news, too, with him, too. But, yeah, like, and those guys aren't getting older. David Krejci isn't getting older. I mean, these guys are getting to the point where, like, they're going to have to call it quits soon. And um, moving forward, um, they have really, like, a good backup core of young guys. Got McAvoy, uh, Matt Grizzlick, Jacob Verbacca Carlson, JFK, and uh, Connor Clifton. And they basically could be set. They could be a really great young group and could win the Stanley Cup in the next couple of years. Although they did get ranked, like, 29th in uh, NHL farm system. So, yeah. Um but, I mean, most the reason why is because most of their young guys are already, like, moved up to, like, the big club. So, anyway. so uh, Tim Thomas, um, 
Um, he just recently just got elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. I'm not sure if that's the actual like NHL Hall of Fame or something like that, but he did get elected to the U.S. Hall of Fame, and he was the reason why 2011, why the Stanley, uh, 2011 Boston Bruins won the Stanley Cup that year. He was lights out blocking and making it so like the opponents could not score, and that's the reason why that was a really fun year in 2011. And the reason why um, that, too, is the reason why he got sent out, too. Because when they went to go visit the White House, this was when still Obama was still president. He decided because he was a Republican and he was a GOP, he said, you know what, I'm not going to go. And and that basically, basically, like, went at, the Boston media basically went after him and basically said, oh, you're not a team player, basically I'm not going here and, visiting the white house with the rest of the team and that's basically why they sent him out they let him go i really feel like that was a bad mistake and so what i mean most of these guys are saying like today now they nobody wants to go see trump and like oh and that's okay but um tim thomas saying like oh i don't want to go to the white house because of obama like oh no that's a sin anyway if you don't know by now uh, i'm not gonna really talk about politics but just let you know I do vote for the Republican Party, and I do kind of like Trump. So anyway, that's about it. Yeah, we're we're gonna go. Moving on, moving on. Um, uh, Jeremy Jacobs is um passing the torch of team ownership to his ch- six children. I mean, he did take ownership during the seventies, and it was getting to the point where like he kind of needs to move it on. And he did say like he wants to move it on to his children, and then move it on to like this next generation of children or their children. So their children's children. Anyway, any thoughts? I mean, he's been there for a while. I mean, yeah. All right, so moving on. Notre Dame football news. Um, the Fine Irish history, they were a team or their football program started in 1887. Um, and they won 11 national championships. 1924, 1929, 1930, 1943, 19... 1946. Let's see. Well, anyway, like, hold on. Hold on. Yeah, I'm kind of a little confused, too. All right. We'll get it. Yeah, I'm kind of, yeah. Yeah. I knew they have 11. I'm just saying, like, confused which ones they have. All right. All right. They have one. All right. So, anyway, I, I got lost. All right. So, anyway. All right, 1924, all right, 1924, 1929, 1930, 1943, 1946, they won 35 to 17 and it was um yeah it was okay win i mean there's and we'll go into like the good and the bad against louisville um the good is they got to win and like um stuff like that but i was some people were concerned about uh evan or ian books their quarterback um and stuff like that like they really thought he was going to be really good and be lights out but so far, it's not. 
And query words do, this is the first time in eight months they really have played football. They're still a little rusty and stuff like that, but at the same time, a dub's a dub, but at the same time, it's not where they need to be right now. And there are going to be games, especially Georgia, where they're not going to uh, be as uh, easy as Louisville was. And credit words do, I mean, Louisville was at the state where, like, they were, came out from one of their worst seasons of all time. And, like, they let go of uh, Bobby Petrino, Bobby Petrino, yeah, and got a new coach, which would, going into that, they were, like, really wild up. They, they really wanted to get a win for their new head coach. But it wasn't meant to be. And speaking of which, so Notre Dame, their record is 1-0. There's no game today because it's the bye league. Um, they're ranked number eighth in the AP poll in the country, and their next opponent will be New Mexico State next Saturday. So anyway, yeah. Going into my book report and the book league standings. Let's see. I do kind of like a book report where like um I uh this is kind of like a non sports thing. So if you want to shut off at time, it be feel free. But anyway, but you if you want to listen, then it's good. The book league. Um, so I have a Kindle book where I read all my books. Some of them, um, uh, are pretty good. I mean, yeah. So at the time, or right now I'm reading like 30 books at a time and which at a Kindle book you can actually do because you don't have to carry a whole ton of books. You have like multiple options in kind of like electronic device. So anyway, um. Right now, I'm reading 30 books, so my uh, rankings... I'm going to also list what uh, some of the descriptions of some of these books, too. Um, at number one, with a 36% finished... 30% uh, 30... Like, what I'm saying, 36%, is, like, how much of the book I've read so far. So, 36%. Um, Notori- the Notorious, The Life and Times of Conor McGregor by John Lack, Slack. Um, number two, the C or, hold on, yeah, this is basically kind of like a, so far, uh, kind of like a life story or biography of Conor McGregor, the Irish MAA fighter from Dublin, and it basically goes up to the time where, like, he's about to ready to fight, um, Floyd Money, or Floyd Mayweather, so yeah, so this is after, like, he won the, became the two-time champion of the world for, in both titles in 2016, so, like, don't mention the fight there. Um, number two, the siege of Javatville, the Irish Army's forgotten battle, by a uh, Declan Powers at thirty percent finished. Now, this is a story about the Irish Army that or U- Irish UMPs keepers that go to the Congo during uh the nineteen sixties, like during like their war for independence and stuff like that, and basically had to fight off a whole army of Congo. Soldiers led by French, mer- French and Belgian mercenaries at the time. And it's also a Netflix series so or a Netflix movie. So if you have Netflix instant, then you should probably go check it out and stuff like that. Uh, at number three, Deliver Us from Darkness, the untold story of the 3rd Battalion, the 506 Infantry Regiment during, oper- during Market Garden by Ian uh, Gardner and uh, Ed Shames uh, at 15% finish. And... Uh, an overview of this, um, the 3rd Battalion was kind of like the same battalion that was in a, a Easy Company, which is a reference to Band of Brothers. So, like, these are kind of like, they're in the same regiment as uh, 
uh, the Band of Brothers guys, but this is like a different battalion, and uh, the Easy Company was part of a second battalion, so yeah. Same parachute regiment, but different battalions, so yeah. Even a guy from that gets mentioned, Band of Brothers, Ed Shames, is a, kind of one of the co-writers of this book. Collision of Empires. Um, uh, the War on the Eastern Front in 1914 by Pritt Butter at 12% finished. And this is kind of like the first part of like kind of like the Eastern Front during World War II and stuff like that. Kind of like during 1914. There's like four books and this is like the first one of them. Black Mass which is uh, Whitey Bulger, the FBI, and The Devil's Deal by Dick Lear and Gerard O'Neill, 10% finished. So this is basically, uh, you know, yeah, basically, yeah, we probably won't go into this. Yeah, I we're almost running out of time, yeah. So anyway, um, so let's see. So anyway, thanks for watching, guys. Uh, follow me on Twitter at my Red Sox uh, Twitter page uh, at Rooters. That's capital R O T E R S Royal. Or uh, well, actually, I'll put all that stuff in the bio for uh, the podcast. So yeah, follow my Twitter pages: the Red Sox one, Patriots one, Celtics one, Bruins one, uh, Nerd Aim football one. And follow my Instagram page at uh, all lowercase Royal Rooters 1992. And I'll about do it. Thank you guys for the number for the first episode of uh hopes um subscribe on uh you subscribe on uh Apple iTunes, leave us a rating and stuff like that, and just thanks for watching. Uh peace out, love you guys. Go nerd go Boston sports and New England sports and Notre Dame football. Let's wrap it up. Let's go home, boys.
You're still here? It's over. Go home. Yeah, seriously, go home. I only got 60 minutes to record this thing. Max. Go. Yeah, go. Go. Listen to Ferris. Go home.